The power of Christ compels you! The power of Christ compels you! The power of Christ compels you! He brought you low for his bloodstained Christ! Do not despise my command because you know me to be a sinner! Hey, yo, we're back. Surprise. It's a very special Christmas gift for you for the one year anniversary of In Madness Pod, which is today for the 50th anniversary of this movie, The Exorcist, which is today. This is Sean the Butcher and Vertebrae 33 for In Madness Pod, episode 22, part two the exorcist what's going on dude how you doing i'm all right i just picked myself up off the floor i had a sanguisubag incident you know (laughs) we're going through the part one of this movie and uh that i had to you know pick myself up again uh and dust myself off so we can get through the rest of this movie i just want to say that we I, i love this movie i think this movie doesn't love me but I love it and it's okay if it doesn't reciprocate, but um, it's just, it, it's a lot. It's not light fair in, in any way. I don't think it's something you could casually just, maybe people do just casually watch it when it's on. I actually don't even see it on things a lot because I think it just still just bothers people. Um, and I think anyone who says it doesn't completely bother him hasn't sat down in the dark by themselves and just watched this movie. Uh, Put your phone down and watched it. Surprise to you, you don't have to wait another week for a new episode of In Madness Pod. We're doing the same thing we did with Halloween. It gave us an idea. We did the back-to-back. So we're doing this back-to-back. We figured it was the most wonderful time of the year. It also fit our theme of everything that was going on. The worlds came together. uh, So we're dropping it now. It's here for you. You don't have to wait. Welcome to, as Vertebrae put it, the in madness holiday party there's an open bar in the corner if you want to go help yourself we got some snacks in the back and uh entertainment will be here uh any minute now we have (laughs) we have burke harassing people (laughs) yeah well not anymore not anymore (laughs) uh you can make sure you follow us on the socials at in madness pod on all of the socials make sure you hit us in the mail sack we will read your email on air if you have any questions or comments about any of our episodes this one or previous ones in madness pod at gmail.com subscribe to the youtube make sure you like everything make sure you comment we want to hear from you uh spread the madness worldwide make sure you tell your friends uh, a couple of weeks ago vertebrae told me that there we have listeners all throughout the world which mm-hmm. is just that shit crazy thank you so much for listening make sure you tell your friends about the show we do it because it's fun but we want you to get in on the fun with us so make sure you hit us on the socials and in the email and wherever you uh absorb these podcasts i don't again everybody listens differently so however you uh, are enjoying this thank you for enjoying it with us and watching these psycho psychotic movies during i'm like wrapping presents and i got these like gifts from my like cousins my little cousins and i'm just sitting there wrapping and like instead of like the fireplace crackling and instead of you know bing crosby or frank sinatra singing in the background i got reagan possessed Mm. screaming for the priest to fuck her and i'm like what's What's going on? This definitely twisted my holiday in a way that none of my other holidays have ever been twisted before. Yeah, and you know, for me, uh, 
I'm a man of ritual, so now like I'm probably gonna have to end up watching this movie on a yearly basis around Good this time luck. of year because it just feel, feels like it should be this time of year. But before we go into the movie, I, yep. I just you know it's our year anniversary, so I'm just happy anniversary, happy Again, anniversary, digital high five, digital high five, and, and we're we're doing it. And I wanted to say a, a thank you to you, Sean, because. You know, I kind of came at you with this idea after we had done something on Instagram and then we went with it and, you know, you've put up with my inability to to get things correct at times and, um, you know, my endless notes and piles of gnarly bits and I appreciate it and I appreciate anyone who's out there listening to us, the people who tell me that they're listening friends of mine who will text me about it and other people reach out on social media i think it's amazing i think we can grow this audience even more we certainly have plans to grow it in different ways and it's exciting to just see people join in join into the conversation send us emails join into the social conversation if you don't want to send an email send us a message rate us review us um, we might start reading some of the podcast reviews on here on point five. So if you leave in an Apple, I know Sean said everyone listens everywhere, but stats tell us that like 60% of the people are more listen on Apple. So you can write an actual review on there. You can put whatever you want in it. You can give us up to five stars. And just like the mail, we can read your review here on the podcast. We have a few sitting there from kind of way back when already that were written and i think we you know we can look at it periodically and 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 we'll read it we'll eventually read it here but um i certainly would love people to email us or reach out on social media and just tell us your first experience with the exorcist because i think that would be an interesting sort of social experiment to see how people came about it and did you know about all these insane scenes first which i probably is going to be the answer for most people and how did you see it and where and do you still watch it on a regular basis um and do we know what happened to the astronaut was he okay as well which astronaut the astronaut at the dinner party was he okay she said he was gonna die up there <laughs> That's Wait. The, he's an astronaut Who's an astronaut? The guy she says you're going to die up there too at the dinner party is an astronaut. He, he was an astronaut. Yeah, so she's saying you're going to die up there, meaning in space. Oh, is that what she was alluding yeah. to? Yeah. Oh. So he's an astronaut. So we want to know if the astronaut's okay. Let us I know. thought she. Uh, I thought she meant in her room. No, she meant in space. I thought she that's meant, the astronaut. If you go to my room, you're going to die up there. Oh, well, I mean, you know, there's the whole Burke thing, but she's not talking to Burke. But no, she he's an astronaut. Oh, uh, um, see? Connecting he, the dots. Thank you. He, yeah, there you go. There's you, there's a golden gnarly bit. You just hit me with a revelation fact. That's cool. <laughs> that is phenomenal. Uh, Vertebrae, I want to thank you uh, for putting up with me for this past year. Uh, it's been fun to watch our friendship blossom from from uh, 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 being metal 
uh, companions to uh, Comic-Con companions to podcast companions and growing this little community that we've had here from the comfort of our own homes with the insanity of both of our lives mm -hmm. uh, and being able to miraculously put these out. We were doing bi-weekly, what have you, and we were like, no, consistency is the key. And we have been doing fresh weekly episodes so i also want to thank everybody who has listened who has contributed who has hit the heart emoji who has hit the retweet who has responded to anything that we have said from any of these movies or just bringing up their own cool bits from it uh the community and this family that we're building i feel like is very cool and uh, we just want to keep it growing and growing so we could do cooler shit and then bring you cooler stuff. And it could just be more fun uh, for everybody. So thank you for listening. And thank you, Vertebrae, for putting up with uh, my insane ass because that's no uh, cup of tea either. <laughs> Appreciate it. Well, you hold you hold this together. Otherwise, it would just be me. Man. It's a podcast to be reciting facts like it's. <laughs> Are you ready to go? Do you have your facts ready? <sighs> I'm ready. I'm so deep into this movie and so absorbed from listening to the audiobook over the last few days and watching the movie multiple times that I am super excited to finish this podcast and take a break from the world of The Exorcist. I think I need it um, and get ready, you know, to celebrate into New Year's with perhaps, something yeah. a little more laid back. Yeah, perhaps our first our first movie of the New Year is like something like. Because we because we went off the rails, I guess, with Die Hard and made ourselves not a horror podcast, but a whatever podcast. Mm -hmm. But then we quickly hit him with Exorcist right behind it, just to reassure that we haven't lost our step. Uh, but yeah, maybe our next movie is something more way lighthearted uh, to to kind of <laughs> ebbs and flows is what it's all about. So are you ready? You ready? I'm ready. Let's go. The power of Christ compels you. I want you to lay back, let your eyes roll in your head. We last left you with our mother, Chris, in absolute shock as her daughter, Reagan, spider walked down the stairs backwards, spitting blood from her mouth. The screen cuts to black and we see a psychiatrist speaking to Reagan. She's under hypnosis. She's got this thousand mile stare looking into nowhere. He asks how old she is. She says 12. He asks if there's someone inside her. Sometimes he asks mm. who she doesn't know. Is it Captain Howdy? She doesn't know. He wants to talk to Captain Howdy. She won't let him. She's afraid to let him. He thinks if he can speak to him, then Captain Howdy will leave her. He asks to speak to the person inside Reagan. A picture of a dresser gets knocked over. Oh, a picture on a dresser gets knocked over. Mm -hmm. Reagan Reagan begins growling. She grabs the doctor by the crotch, I guess. Yes. And jump, jumps on top of him. Everyone pulls her off and she screams bloody murder. And you see her face start to morph a little at certain points in the in the film. Obviously, it changes as it goes along and it gets battered, cut and bruised and, and everything. But there's weird little flashes of like kind of different faces throughout. And we get it for the first time here with the psychiatrist. Um, I have to say that this group of people between the doctors and the psychiatrist, uh, they're the most confident bunch of people that they can handle this situation. Like every single one of them is just like, we, we got this. And the, the person who ultimately handles it is the most insecure person with the most problems of anyone in the film and, and steps up. But the rest of them are just, 
ah, come on, what's the big deal? We got this. And we do need that because we're seeing some insanity. And 1973, when are we seeing this before on film, at least for American audiences, in a mass release like this, in a major film like this? These things, we said it during another podcast, iconic. This this one is emulated by everyone and they all fall short when they try to get there and we've had sequels to this movie that have fallen short oh they're so bad i tried watching and they're so bad i'm we sorry current... i don't mean i don't mean to hate on any movies but yeah i did not enjoy the uh, yeah and, and the new exorcist that came out i have not seen the new exorcist i have not seen it i know there's some cameos i think which might be interesting to see it might be interesting to take a film like this one time and have us watch the sequels and then just do one episode where we talk about like all four sequels that kind of summarize them or three sequels mm-hmm. or whatever it is at once because i believe uh the the sequel to this was also a book called legion and that was not part two because the Friedkin was out and Blatty was out for part two, but they brought Blatty back for part three and they used his novel Legion, which is supposed to be a really good book as part three. So apparently part three, it's like Halloween. It gets confusing, but apparently part three is better. And then the new film that's out believer is sort of supposed to jump right from part one, like they did with Halloween and, and ignore the other films uh, write in and tell us and explain this timeline to us. But I'll be honest. The only reason I watched the third exorcist movie is because uh, the Callas Dow boys, shout outs to the Callas Dow boys. They have uh, their shirt is the exorcist three shirt, but it just says the Callas Dow boys instead. And uh, I thought it was pretty gnarly. And I'm like, why exorcist three? And it happened to be on Hulu. And I watched it. I'm like, boy, is this a snoozer? Uh, right, and that's a- where you can say, I don't mean to cut you off, but the novel for this is an incredible book, but it's in Friedkin's hands that it becomes this incredible movie. So the Legion book is supposed to be a really, really good book too, and then in other people's hands, and I think Blatty had a lot to do actually with the making of that film as well. It 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 falls short. I need, I've never seen them. I've never seen a sequel to this movie. I just was kind of like what's the point after this like there's no reason i do want to know more obviously you want to know more and some of these characters continue on and it's interesting to see more but um sometimes the mystery is better than what you actually end up getting we see father Caris running track there's a man sitting on the bleachers watching him he kind of looks like gene hackman but he's not gene hackman (laughs) the men talk this is william f kinderman he works in homicide. He keeps telling Karis he looks like a boxer, like John Garfield. Has anyone ever told you that, Father? Karis responds <laughs> and asks him, has anyone ever told you you look like Paul Newman? No, I think he looks like Gene Hackman. William <laughs> says, always. He wants to know about Burke. He asks if Karis knew him. He says he's seen him. William asks if Karis knows how Burke died, only what he's read in the papers. Father, what do you know of the subject of witchcraft? Karis did a psychiatric paper on it once. William has read it. He also asks if the desecration in the church has anything to do with witchcraft. Karis says perhaps it could be a ritual. William tells Karis how Burke died. Burke was found at the bottom of the stairs with his head turned completely around, facing backwards. It's possible it happened in the fall, but also unlikely. Now they got a witchcraft murder and a desecration inside the church. William thinks it's someone crazy, spiteful towards the church. 
Karis asks if he means it's a sick priest. William asks Karis because he's the psychiatrist. He might know who's having problems, but Karis doesn't know anybody like that. William laughs and goes, Doctor, that doctor's ethics. If you knew, you probably wouldn't tell. Karis mm-hmm. says he probably wouldn't. Will tells Karis a psychiatrist in Cali was put in jail for not telling the cops what he knew about a patient. Karis asks if that's a threat. Will says he mentions it only in passing. And then Kara says, I could always say to the judge that it happened in confession. So the men laugh. Karis runs off, but Will chases him back down. He asks him if he likes movies. Says mm-hmm. he's got tickets to the best shows in town. His lady never goes. He hates to go alone. He loves to talk film, discuss, <laughs> critique, much like us here on In Madness. Yay, Pod. we're very Kinderman. I love Kinderman. I he'd love be, this character. On this. Yeah. He in the book he's a little more like the Columbo character where he's sort of bumbling around like oh i got one more question for you and innocently asks a question and then but that doesn't make sense because this happened and um we get more of kinderman in the book um and him trying to fi- to figure this out i i love him their interaction um together is great he's a very kind of old school old timey detective um it's pretty pretty fantastic uh you know part and reminds me of who's that arbogast you okay know Ar- arbogast no uh uh from the he's detect the detective from psycho oh that's his name yeah arbogast huh. yeah huh yeah, I got a bone up on my psycho because we might hit we that do in psycho. 2024. I think we, we got to do yeah. psycho in 2024. One of my favorites ever. But yeah, he's just another detective in the movie. They're, they're similar dudes, I think. Yeah, I, I love this character, this Kinderman character. And it brings, when we're world building, it just brings something else to this film. This is where when people emulate a film like this, they would skip these little parts here. You know, we world build really quick. He gets passes to movies. His wife doesn't always want to go in in the book. He actually talks about, it's really funny. He mentions the soundtrack of a film that he didn't like. And he thought that it was overpowering and they didn't even need it. And it's just funny because this film has very little, the Exorcist has very little soundtrack at all, and it's shot very much like a documentary in a lot of ways. Without that, it's got a lot of sound effects, but not a lot of actual score to it. Um, but yeah, let's go, Kinderman. He asked Karis to go to the movie with him. Karis says, Who's in it? Will tells him who's in it. Karis declines. I've already seen it. Will ask one more time, Any trouble priests around here? Karis says, go pick on the Dominicans. Will says he could have Karis deported. Karis laughs and walks off. We're in the testing facility. They're watching Reagan flipping out on a monitor, telling her mom it's unlike anything they've ever seen before. We see Reagan with scratches and cuts all over her face and her lips. The docs say they've only seen this in primitive cultures, a somnambular form possession. It starts with conflict or guilt. It leads to the patient's delusions that the body has been invaded by some alien intelligence, a spirit. Mother refuses to lock up Reagan in an uh, asylum, and she's surrounded by this large team of doctors, all in the white coats, all trying to figure out what the hell is wrong with Reagan, but they're getting no answers, and Mother is clearly upset. The doctor says there's one outside chance for a cure. They ask if she's religious. She says no. What about Reagan? 
No, why? And a doctor comes right out with it. Have you ever heard of an exorcism? Mm -hmm. Mother looks shocked. They explain it's a ritual where a rabbi or priest try to drive out the so-called invading spirit. It's pretty much been disregarded by everyone except Catholics who keep it in the closet as sort of an embarrassment, but it has worked. But it's purely a force of suggestion. The victim's belief of the possession is what helped caused it. So in the same way, belief in the power of exorcism can make it disappear. And mother's like, you're saying I should take my kid to a witch doctor. So is yeah. this all in Reagan's head? Right. And this is, we haven't gotten to, hey, this is demonic possession and you need to have an exorcism to get this demon out. It's just, hey, do this exorcism and you're going to trick the sort of split personality into thinking it's a demon and it'll play along with that system that's in place and it, it'll leave on its kind of leave on its own. Um, it's just interesting. We're still hitting the medical piece and the sort of mental stability piece hard in this before, even though we've already seen some wild things or are about to see a few more wild things. They take Reagan back home. William, the homicide investigator, is taking a look at the now legendary long stairway that Burke fell down and died. Mother's tucking Reagan in, reaches under her pillow, and finds a crucifix. Uh-oh. Mm. Will then finds at the bottom of the steps another little statue figure, an idol. It sort of oh, looks that's, like... Um... What is it? Yeah, it's like a little clay thing that I guess Reagan made. Yeah, so it's one of her little like clay animals that yes. would have probably come, fallen out of her window. Mother comes out and asks one of the house helpers if they put the crucifix under Reagan's pillow, and they say no. We see William walking up the steps, and it's a lot of steps. He's out of breath when he approaches the top. He sees the window. It's the window of Reagan's room. Mother is freaking out, asking all the helpers who put the crucifix under Reagan's pillow. Nobody knows. There's a knock at the door, and it's William from Homicide. Mm -hmm. He wants to ask Reagan if Burke was in her room that night. Mother says she was heavily sedated. She's asking why all the questions. He says it's strained. Burke came to visit, stays 20 minutes, and leaves a sick girl alone. Isn't it likely he'd fall? It isn't likely he'd fall from a window. A fall wouldn't do that to his neck. Maybe one in a thousand. My hunch is that he was killed by a very powerful man. It makes it very probable that Burke was killed and then pushed from Reagan's window. But no one was in the room except Reagan. So how can this be? Mm-hmm. He asked Mother if the housekeepers had any visitors or packages dropped off. She says she can ask him. He says, never mind. She offers him another cup of coffee, expecting him to say no and get the hell out of there. And he goes, yes, please. No, Kinderman, he's already let everyone know he loves films too, right? So he's smitten even with just the idea of being around Chris. Annoyed, she gets up, makes some more coffee. Will's snooping around the house, and he finds Reagan's arts and craft laying around. He picks up a little figure that sort of resembles the one he just found outside. He asks Mother if Reagan, if she remembers Burke being in her room that night. She says she'd have no reason to. He says he must explore every possible outcome. Mother says when Reagan is better, she'll ask her. And mm -hmm. awkwardly, he asks her for an autograph. <laughs> he says it's for his daughter. She asks his daughter's name, and then he laughs, says he lied, and it's for him. Mm. He saw one of her movies, Angel, 
which I mm-hmm. thought was very ironic. Yeah, yeah. At least six times. He leaves. Mother puts the chain lock on the door behind him, and she is stressing the hell out. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Not one second later, a rumbling upstairs. Reagan screaming. Another demonic voice screaming, you bitch. Mother runs upstairs to find objects flying all over the room. Total madness. And then, oh. in one of the most insane m- scenes in movie history... There's Reagan with the crucifix, stabbing it into her crotch, screaming at the same time in a demonic voice. Let Jesus fuck you. She's covered in blood. Mother jumps on Reagan to grab the crucifix out of her hand. And if that's not bad enough, Reagan grabs mother's face, forces it into her bloody crotch. And the, in the demon voice is yelling, lick me. Mm. Slaps mother to the floor. The helpers from the house try to run into the room to help. The door closes on its own. Mother crawls to the door. And again, another iconic shot. Reagan's head spins 180 degrees around. And in Burke's voice says, do you know what she did? Your daughter? (laughs) Mother screams in agony. And everyone else does. Everyone else does. You know, I... um... In a story in New York at the uh, American Museum of Moving Image, or maybe it's just the Museum of Moving Image, I'm not sure. Um, they have the, you know, the animatronic, the giant life-size Linda Belair that they built that the head turns around and it's like in the showcase and everything. And you can see it. The head's not turning around, but you see like the, you know, where it does. And you can go see it in person. Um, and it's like sitting up in a case, so it's pretty like in this glass case, pretty disturbing to just kind of walk in and be looking at different movie artifacts. And, um, that's that's sitting there, and you can see it life size. So, you should check that out if you haven't ever seen it. It's really cool. You um, should do a little in madness field trip there. Oh, that'd be amazing. I once went there and got to go behind the scenes into like their storage room area. And like just open a box and be like, oh, here's Freddy Krueger's claws, and here's like something from The Godfather, and like yeah, it was like a behind the scenes museum tour. It was really cool. But um, yeah, we should go there. There's a theater, movie theater, not far from there too. So maybe you could actually drag me out in public to a movie. Sandwiches, a museum, and a movie. What kind of date is this? This sounds like whoa, whoa, whoa. That's a lot. That's a lot for one day. That's too much for one day. I'll just split it up over three (laughs) years, I guess. (laughs) What if it's The Exorcist playing? I don't know if I'd want to see it. No, I can't. I want to see something with a little bit of humor in it. Yeah. We we cut to mother outside wearing sunglasses. She got a headscarf on. She's approached by Father Karras. She's been waiting there for him. They share a smoke. She asks how a shrink ends up becoming a priest. He says it's the other way around. The society sent them through medical school. They met each other through a mutual priest friend. She asks what happens if a person comes to him like a murderer. They want some help. Do you have to turn them in? He says if they came to him for spiritual advice, he would say no. He would try to convince them to turn themselves in. She goes casually. How do you go about getting an exorcism (laughs) he stops and asks i beg your pardon if a person is possessed by a demon how do they get an exorcism well i'd have to get them into a time machine and get them back to the 16th century because it doesn't happen anymore she goes since when since they learned about mental illness paranoia schizophrenia everything i learned about in medical school he says since the day he became a priest i have never met one who has ever performed an exorcism 
She says someone very close to me is probably possessed and needs an exorcist. Father Karis, it's my little girl. Mm. She starts Except, crying. you know, yep. I was going to say, uh, they have started to Vatican to do in recent years training, ongoing trainings on exorcism. And the, the call for them has been ramped up recently. And I don't know if it's some of it could they think is just attributed to pop culture influences and the call for it, but other things, you know, just listen, a lot of that back in the day was just people with mental illness that needed other kinds of help that they couldn't get and they couldn't explain why. So they just, you know, did those types of things for them and hoped it worked out. Um, but I find it interesting if you look it up that in recent years, it's kind of ramped up a little bit again. So, I don't know. They might have to get like an AI to do the exorcism. Oh man, yeah. you know? AI exorcism. Oh, that wow. sounds like There's... that sounds that sounds like a horror movie that's coming out in like a year or two. That's a that's a that's a film. You know, I forgot. You just reminded me of it. We're gonna jump all the way to the beginning because I wanted to say this, but um, in the in the novel when he's digging around in the in Iraq. There's a line in there, and I thought of you right when I read it or listened to it because I was like, this would be a perfect metal band name. It says that, uh, let me see if I get I'm going to get it wrong, but I think it was that it was the brittle remains of cosmic torture. Oh, cosmic <laughs> torture is a fucking really good one. So I was like, oh, wow. Okay. But anyway, uh, I threw you off. No, that's all. Uh, mother starts sobbing. Karis grabs her and walks with her, telling her that's all the more reason to forget about an exorcism. He says it could make things worse. He says the church, before it approves an exorcism, conducts an investigation, and that takes time. She asks if he can do it. He says he needs a church approval, and that's rarely given. She wants him to see her. He says a, a psychiatrist. She gets furious. She needs a priest. She's seen every psychiatrist, and they sent her to him, and now he's going to send her to them. She bursts into tears, frustrated that absolutely no one can help her daughter. Karis arrives at the house. You can hear Reagan growling from downstairs. They head up to the room. Karis walks in, and there's Reagan cut all up around the face with this tube jammed up her nose. There's vomit on her chest, strapped to the bed. She's got this demonic look in her eyes, staring at Karis. He says, and that's, Hello. Uh, The tube is a feeding tube. Okay. Right. So she's not eating. And in the book, they mentioned that they have to, she's got like a diaper that they have to change. So she, she's not eating and um, they have to be able to like feed her, feed her somehow. So that goes like all the way down to like her stomach, Gross. which makes it even crazier when they rip it, when they rip it out, when she rips it out. But yeah, yeah, absolutely. Ugh. He says, hello, <laughs> he, he wants to help. She says, loosen the straps. He says, you'll hurt yourself, Reagan. She says, I'm not Reagan. He says, well, I'm Damien Karras. Reagan says, and I'm the devil. Now kindly undo these straps. <laughs> Karras says, if you're the devil, make the straps disappear. And she says, that's a much go. too vulgar display of power, Karras. <laughs> and yes, that is where Pantera got the title for their album, Vulgar Display of Power. So in honor of the In Madness playlist, I feel like it's probably only right to add one of the more demonic songs from that album by Demons Be Driven to the In Madness playlist. Oh, what a perfect choice. Yeah, even though it's not part of the movie, I feel like 
it's 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 linked that's the link right there so i will be adding that make sure you check out the in madness playlist now the only place you're going to hear whitney houston into beethoven into pantera so shout out to nice. the in madness playlist Kyra asked where's reagan she says she's in here with us he asked to show him reagan and he'll loosen the straps and in the homeless man's voice from the beginning of the movie reagan says help an old altar boy father Karis mm. puzzled. Reagan says, your mother's in here with us. Karis, would you like to leave a message? I'll see that she gets it. And then he <laughs> says, if that's true, what's my mother's maiden name? Reagan gets frustrated and projectile vomits green pea soup right into Karis's fucking face. <laughs> yeah, and that, uh, so everyone talks about a pea soup. Friedkin said in an interview in 2003 that it was, a lot of it was just porridge cup with pea soup coloring but there was pea soup used as well but i guess like the thicker bits that they have to they have to kind of mix it up um a little bit and uh yeah that it's crazy that's also super iconic people have sort of emulated that from this point forward too um i think it's a great choice that it's that green it's like like if her stomach's empty it's kind of like bile that she's like just vomiting up on everybody i just figured um, it was like demonic goo right and demonic goo um that's also crazy. a good band name <laughs> demonic goo that's our comedic metal band when when uh cosmic terror breaks up we we perform uh we form a demonic goo instead um the voices for um for reagan in this it was done primarily a bunch of different voices but mercedes mccambridge provided a lot of this unique sounds um and she went to like some crazy place to get these sounds so she start was chain smoking swallowing wrong eggs she drank heavily she was uh, a former heavy drinker so she kind of like fell off the wagon just for this and then she requested that a priest be with her on set to counsel her as she did all of these insane, insane voices in, in the book. They, a lot of animal sounds are mixed into, which really would have been interesting, but there's a horse and a pig and she does say Sal earlier on too. So they left kind of some of those lines in, but we do hear these animal sounds and then, the last thing I'll say about this is the altar boy, you know, it was an altar boy father thing. And then we saw the guy earlier and his eyes were a little bit off. There's a lot of people who believe that this demon is sort of ramping it up and stalking him. So he's possessed that person, the altar boy, or he's taking him over momentarily just to mm -hmm. kind of harass the priest leading into this situation. Um, it's kind of interesting and kind of, you know, he sought out the two weakest foes that he can find. He's the priest who's lost his faith and this little girl who's going through emotional pain with the divorce of her parents and her mom probably working all the time and not seeing her as much. So it's interesting. And so it, cause the demon feels like he likes to jar with them a little bit. He likes to go at it with them. And in the book, it's even more, there's long scenes of them talking and he's giving them a hard time and being funny and, and stuff like that. But, um, it seems like he's up for a good fight 
and sort of disappointed when it's not when you know people aren't fighting back yeah we get the sick shot of Reagan. She's laying there covered in vomit with this demonic look in her eyes, breathing heavily, staring at Karis. We cut the Karis looking at Reagan's arts and crafts on the wall. And I see what I believe is the big bad wolf and little red riding hood, which is perhaps a metaphor for this demon that has taken over Reagan. Mm-hmm. Mother's cleaning the, uh, cleaning and ironing his uh, puke shirt. <laughs> he says only against the possibility of doing Reagan more harm than good. Uh, mother says nothing you could do. Oh, he's only against the possibility of doing Reagan more harm than good. She says nothing you could do can make it any worse. He says he can. He needs evidence the church would accept as signs of possession, like her speaking a language she's never known or studied. Mother asks what else. He doesn't know. He has to study. She thought he was an expert. He says there are no experts. You probably know as much about possession as any priest. Your daughter doesn't say she's a demon. She says she's the devil himself. If you've seen as many psychotics as I have, you'd realize that's the same thing as saying you're Napoleon. He tells mother the best thing from Reagan for Reagan would be six months under observation, the best hospital she can find. She says, you could show me Reagan's double, same face, same voice, and I'd know it wasn't her. I'd know in my gut that thing upstairs isn't my daughter. Mm-hmm. She screams, tell me for a fact there's nothing wrong with my daughter except her mind. Tell me you know an exorcism wouldn't do any good. Yeah, there's no way her bed is doing all this other things and, and all this stuff is happening if you're just like you can't control objects with your mind. I've tried. You tried, believe me. I'm trying it all the time. I try to Jedi. Use, I know you're Jedi. I try to use the force like, you know, once a month, Sean. And it, it, it just remote control. Yeah, it, it never it never even like it never even quivers. It never even moves at all. You know, you know I'm just, just really hard. Just the Blu-ray, just the Exorcist Blu-ray. Yeah, just that. That fell Which, off the desk. Oh my god, that was yeah. That's something else. Tune into part one, and we can explain how we led into this film with each other. I, you know, I've been listening to the the trying to get the novel done, and kind of listening to it at all hours. So I'll just be like in my kitchen like emptying the dishwasher with headphones on listening to the novelization and it's read the 40th anniversary is read by blatty the writer and the and he's kind of doing all the voices too so i'm getting when it's this long demonic speech he's like yelling into the thing so i'm just in my kitchen like emptying the dishwasher and this guy's yelling at this horrific things at me fuck me yeah yeah but uh i'll be happy to visit you know the the grinch after this maybe yeah, yeah, that'll be our first movie of next year. No, definitely not, but maybe something close to that. Uh, outside, Harris asked Mother if Reagan knew a priest was coming over. No. Or if she knew his mother died recently. She says that she did, and she's very sorry. He says, no, did Reagan know? Mother says, not at all. Why? Karis says, it's not important. It leaves. Karis walks off. We see William from Homicide watching him. He looks at Karis and then looks over at Reagan's window. We cut to Karis listening to a recording of Reagan making a message for her dad. She sounds happy, full of life, like a kid. We cut to Karis in church, cracking the little church wafer in half, saying he broke the bread, gave it to his disciples, and said, take this, all of you, and eat it, for this is my body. When supper ended, he took this cup and gave it to his disciples and said, all of you, drink from it. This is a cup of my blood. Yeah, so he's giving himself communion to try to... Oh, so he's doing it to himself. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Right, yeah, I don't see anyone that. else in that scene. Yeah, I didn't know. Just by I mean, himself, so I think he's just doing communion 
for himself what explains it because he's seen something crazy and he's a guy who's kind of lost his faith and his way a little bit and super distraught about the loss of his mom so um i think he's just trying to figure out a way to kind of reaffirm his own personal faith there we cut to reagan in bed speaking to caris in a demonic voice she says what an excellent day for an exorcism i like like pazuzu has like a little bit of like a sense of humor i don't know Kara mm-hmm. sort of smiles and goes you'd like that intensely she says but wouldn't that drive you out of reagan it would bring us together you and reagan you and us Mm-hmm. Karis is down and by itself a drawer opens Karen Karis asks did you do that she says yes he closes it tells her do it again she refuses in time and that's the sparring so I think that's the part where it's like an excellent day for an exorcism open the drawer don't do it again you and us it's definitely you know hey you lost your faith and I know I can take you we can be evenly matched so, and I'm going to have fun with you before I continue on. I don't know what the end game is for this demon. Um, and even the end of this movie confuses me a little bit, but here we go. She says in Latin, me Robbie dictu. Don't you agree? Kara says you speak Latin. Hits recording a reel to reel. He's got hooked up in the room. They both speak Latin. Reagan responds in French and laughs. Kara says how long the devil is planning to stay in Reagan. She replies until she rots and lies stinking in the earth. He takes a small vial out of his pocket. Her eyes go wide. She says, keep it away. He starts spreading the water all over in a crucifix. She screams in pain. It burns and is right in pain she's speaking backwards we hear many voices coming out of her mouth cut the caris walking downstairs in the mother's study she's on the phone she said tells someone she's going through a lot hangs up and she's talking to caris offers him a drink he asks where's reagan's father in europe you should tell him what's happening caris says i told reagan that was holy water i sprinkled it on her and she reacted violently but it's tap water holy water is blessed and that doesn't support a case for possession Mother says she killed Burke. Karis is like, what? She killed Burke. She pushed him out the window. Mm. Cut to Karis and his buddy listening back to the audio of him asking the demon inside Reagan who they are. And you hear many voices at once coming out of her. The man says it's a language, but it's English. Karis doesn't understand. So his buddy plays the tape in reverse. And you hear Reagan saying, give us time. Let her die. Mm hmm. Cut to Karis listening again in his apartment, Reagan screaming, I am no one, fear the priest. And then over and over again, she's screaming, Marin. Karis gets a phone call, scares the crap out of him, and says he's on his way. He's running back to Reagan's house. He's met by Reagan's babysitter, says she didn't want Reagan's mom to see. She opens the door to Reagan's room, and it's freezing. You see all of the cold air coming out of everyone's mouth. Right, and and, and so... You know, they had to do that because this refrigerate is the room, I guess. Yeah. So they did refrigerate it. So it was insanely cold and they could only film for certain periods of time because then it warms up when you have the lights on and all the actors are in there. Um, but Linda Blair always mentions that everyone on sets wearing parkas and gloves and hats and she's just in a nightgown. Terrible. Uh, this 12 year old girl, I guess she was 12. She's 12 in the movie. I don't know what she is in real life when she films it, but around that same age. And I just can't, can't help but think there's no way they could film this movie in that way. Now, first of all, they would digitally add the breath. So you don't have to worry about that part. But um, 
the rules for actors and for kid actors now would be like they can only film for a certain amount of hours a day, let alone just being in a nightgown in the freezing cold. Um, you know, on top of the scenes before that she had to do with the crucifix and sort of getting through that scene, there's a behind the scenes documentary and they sort of show a little bit of that on set. And it's, it's even uncomfortable with them trying to talk to her about like what she needs to do. Yeah. Horrible, horrible. This movie is deeply disturbing. I'm glad we're getting it over with now. Let's never speak of it again. (laughs) Babysitter goes up to Reagan opens up PJs and written on Reagan's stomach inside popping out says, help me. Mm -hmm. We cut to him meeting a higher priest in the church. He's being questioned if the possession is genuine. Karis doesn't know. He made a judgment that it meets the conditions set down in ritual. Man asks Karis, would he be doing the exorcism? He says, yes. Man says, might be best to have someone with experience, someone who spent time in foreign missions. Cut to this higher priest talking to an even higher priest. They're discussing having Karis assist in the exorcism. It's best to have a psychiatrist present anyway. He asks who's going to do the exorcism, and the man says, Lancaster Marin. Isn't he in Iraq? No, he's been back for months. He's working on another book. One of the priests thinks Marin is too old. How's his health? He's still running around digging up tombs, plus he's got experience. 10 to to 12 years ago in Africa, the exorcism lasted months, damn near killed them. Mm-hmm. So is this? So he's digging around, and he finds that stuff in the beginning, and then he says he has somewhere to go. Do we assume he went to do that exorcism in Africa, and that's where he had to go? Can we assume timeline wise that's where he meant? Yeah, perhaps. I also thought he meant he had to go to that statue when he went in the beginning. I didn't. Oh, know. Okay. I also don't know what he went to that statue for or what the purpose of that was. Right, like he kind of just stood there and it's yeah. just a cool movie scene. Yeah. Um, but it, you definitely get a sense that they're kind of a little bit of facing off, like he's brought in for a reason and you know, this is going to be the demon's true sparring partner. And, you know, he can take down the weak, the weak man who lost his faith at the same time as taking down the aging guy who defeated him previously. We cut the father Marin. He's taking a peaceful walk. He's approached by another man of the church, given a message that he's being summoned for another exorcism. Mm-hmm. Reagan's face appears on the screen and her demonic eyes are wide open. Cab pulls up, foggy night, Reagan's house, Marin gets out, cab drives away, takes a few steps forward, and there's the iconic shot. Him staring at this house, shrouded in darkness, the light coming out of the window, shining onto him. Yeah, one of the most iconic still shots of any movie at all, not even just horror movie. Um, I would venture to say that most people knowing that image would know it's the exorcist if they've never seen the movie or still afraid to see it everybody knows that's uh that do you own any exorcist merch on no man there was i was strolling around walmart on on halloween because walmart usually has great horror shirts and they had an exorcist shirt and it was the cover and it was like a slime green, which I love. I love slime green. And it's like, 
and they didn't have my size. I was so mad. I was oh. so mad. I was also going to say that iconic cover is certainly not the cover of my shitty DVD. That if you can't <laughs> see us on YouTube right now, make sure you watch. Uh, make sure you follow us on the socials at In Madness Pod, and I'll post the actual cover and my horrible cover. Uh, we'll do I don't. Listen, I don't want to get hate mail from the art director on that project. Uh, probably someone else above him picked that final image. But, yeah, certainly not a f- my first choice for an image. And, again, I have to see that in person because it feels like it doesn't even really look like her. It's, yeah, it's, it's very interesting. We see yeah. Reagan's face again. Her eyes are wide. He knocks on the door, and it's him. It's it's Marin, uh, the dude who was digging around in the very beginning of the movie. And then he meets Father Karras. We have our dynamic duo. Upstairs, Reagan lets out a horrible scream. <clears throat> Everyone hears it. Marin asks Karras to pick a bunch of items from the church so they could perform the exorcism. He wants to start immediately. Karras asks if he wants any background on the case, and Father, Car- uh, Father Marin says, why? Yeah, he's just cutting to the chase. He's the he's the white wolf in this. They just called him. He's just going to come in and take care of business. And it doesn't matter. I You get a sense that he doesn't want to connect in any way because, well, he'll tell you, don't listen to anything the, the demon is saying. And he doesn't want to have any sort of emotional connection to anything to do with the case. He tells Karis avoid conversation with the demon, ask only what is relevant, but anything beyond that is dangerous. The demon's a liar. He will lie to confuse us. He'll also mix lies with truth to attack us. The attack is psychological and powerful. Don't listen. Remember, do not listen. Karis tells Marin he wants to tell him the different personalities Reagan has manifested. There are three. Marin cuts him off and says, there is only one. Hmm. The men gear up and head upstairs. Reagan is screaming, Marin asks another, were you going to say something? Or are you, no, no. Okay. Reagan is screaming. Marin asks mother what Reagan's middle name is, Teresa. They head inside. Marin starts making the sign of the cross, and the demon says, stick your cock up her ass, you fucking worthless cocksucker. Oh. He says, be silent, and throws holy water and sh- as she writhes in pain. The men begin to pray. Reagan hocks a goddamn pea goop loogie right into Marin's eye. Hmm. Karis goes to help him, but he just keeps on praying as if nothing happened. It's ice cold in the room. You could see every breath, every word cold coming out of their mouths. The men are praying. Reagan sits up and says, your mother sucks cocks in hell, Karis, you faithless slime. <laughs> the men continue praying. Reagan is screaming. The bed is shaking. Marin splashes her with more holy water. The bed rises off the floor. Marin's calling to Karis to finish the prayer, but he's too shocked by what's happening in front of him, and he is silent for a moment as Marin keeps calling to him. Karis finally finishes the prayer, and Reagan is writhing in pain. Her face is in and out of shadows, and for a brief moment again, we see the demon face of Pazuzu. Mm-hmm. Marin puts his hand on Reagan's forehead in this nonstop flow of green, oozy slime is just constantly coming out of her mouth. Mm. The men continue praying. Reagan begins laughing. Marin screams, I cast you out, unclean spirit. <laughs> Reagan sits up and viciously replies, shove it up your ass. Marin screams, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the ceiling begins to crack. The door slams. Things in the room begin to break. The men are screaming their prayers, and fucking Reagan sits up, and again, in one of the most iconic shots in movie history, her head spins a full 360 degrees. 
Mm. And and you know it's funny on the making of they talk about when they're filming that scene and they realize they kind of do a test run on it and they realize they're not seeing her breath. So then they had to wire it up with a tube and have some air come through the tube so you can see cold breath coming out of this, you know, giant prototype of Linda Blair that they that they built. Brilliant. Um and, and, but if you look at it closely now you can t- you you can tell when you look closely that it's the like coming out of another area you know like off the side of her face or whatever but um it's pretty crazy and again to get your breath to be seen that well on camera and they're lighting it well and everything like they they just had to make that so incredibly cold in there so it's already everybody is uncomfortable while they're making this movie we're uncomfortable with the subject matter we're uncomfortable with putting a young girl in this predicament as we film it and now we're just in this freezing cold box you know trying to kind of figure this out it's crazy we see her face blended for a moment with the demon face the entire house begins to shake reagan screams to Karis, you killed your mother you left her alone to die she'll never forgive you Karis is screaming at her to shut up. The blanket tears off her Reagan. The straps on her arms begin to tear. Her eyes roll over white. And in the Jesus Christ pose, this bitch floats off the bed. And then again, one of the most iconic chants in horror history repeated mm-hmm. over and over again. Come on, vertebrae. Give it to me. Well, you got it. Come on, Sean. This is all you. We both got to do it like Karis and, and, and Marin. I'm- the power of christ Christ compels you you. the power of christ compels you over and over again until reagan finally descends slowly back into the bed karis runs over to her and ties her hands together he goes for her legs and reagan rises up and gives him the old double axe handle across the back and he falls to the floor Marion continues splashing Reagan with holy water. The entire house shakes like an earthquake hit it, but both the men get thrown on the floor. Marin looks up and we get this dope shot. It's all lit up behind Reagan. All we see is her silhouette. She's moving, contorting, almost ritualistic kind of movement. And behind her, another light shines. And Marion can see the evil demonic statue he saw in the beginning in Iraq with the wings and the huge dick thing. (laughs) <laughs> Marin continues praying Reagan becomes still Karis grabs the blanket to cover her Marin says let's rest before we start again and leaves the room as Karis sits there stunned the men are sitting outside the room in the steps Karis asks why this girl it doesn't make sense Marin says I think the point is to make us despair to see ourselves as animal and ugly to reject the possibility that God loves us Marin excuses himself to take to his bathroom to take pills. Damien heads into Reagan's room alone. And he has, I think he has like a heart condition. And that's, oh, I thought, I thought the, the demon turned him into like a pill head. No, I think he has a heart condition in the book they go into. I think they said it was like nitroglycerin. I think he would take that for some sort of like carotid artery type thing. It's probably not something you would take now. I think that's what they said. I could be totally wrong, but, um, but he has kind of like a previous sort of heart issue. So the demon knows that he's weak. He So he's just going to have fun with, with this weak priest that probably beat him before. And now this other guy who's pretty much lost his faith and he's just going to torture them. I don't know what the end game is, though. I'm not sure. 
I mean, I thought it was just to kill. Yeah, I mean, to kill Reagan. But why? I mean, I don't know. There's, I don't. I don't know what. What's the point of of demons possessing people in the first place? Right. Yeah, I don't know. What's don't, what, what? What? What's any of their end game? Why do demons possess people? If you're a demon and you're listening to Id Madness Pod, <laughs> you should <laughs> let us know. know why do you possess people? What's the end game? What's supposed to happen? Like possess other people? But because where then, do you go when you're not possessing somebody? The the another plane of existence or are you just like popping back and forth from like you're playing cards with a bunch of other demons and then you're like well, hey I mean, i'm gonna take off and go possess a human for a little bit and then come back and hang out with you guys it, it, it did say like it'll stop when she's dead and rotting in the ground i mean maybe the point is to like to like kill them and then like bring them to hell maybe they need like you know oh, short, okay. short on help in hell and they're like they're like the recruiter the okay. demon like yeah this this little girl yeah yeah right, yeah maybe that's the point it's not the devil. She's not possessed by the devil. It's a demon, and they make that clear that it's a demon and not. Yeah, that was the demon devil. being like, "I'm the manager here," but they're not the manager. Right. The demon's the middle manager, probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's so, like, he's yeah. like, is the devil around? No, I'm the devil. <laughs> Kara's is staring at Reagan, but sees his mother instead. Reagan begins growling at him, and then Reagan starts talking like Kara's mother, asking, "Why'd you do this to me, Demi?" Demi, please, I'm afraid, Demi. <laughs> Demi. Kara says, "You're not my mother." Kara checks her vitals. Marin walks in and says, "What's wrong?" Kara says, "It's her heart." Marin asks if there's anything they could give her. Kara says she'll go into a coma. Reagan again begins talking using the voice of Kara's mother, asking him why. He screams, "You're not my mother!" Marin tells him not to listen and tells Kara to leave. Marin kneels next to Reagan and begins to pray again. Mm-hmm. Downstairs, mother approaches Karis and asks if it's over. He says no. She asks if Reagan's going to die. He looks at her long and hard and says no. Mm -hmm. Looks upstairs intently and begins making his way back up to the room. The doorbell rings and there's your man, Will from Homicide. Looking. Oh, uh, yeah. William Kinderman from Homicide looking none too pleased. The fart look that he has on his face when she opens that door is priceless. Yeah. <laughs> Karis heads inside the room and Marin is dead. Mm. Dead as a doornail, laying on the bed, his holy water on the floor. Reagan is just chilling in the corner of the bed, looking more demon than human, just watching along, observing. Karis slams on Marin's chest to revive him, but he's gone. Reagan's watching along, laughing. So mm-hmm. Karis attacks her and starts beating Reagan up, screaming, take me, damn you, take me. Yeah, and he's made a decision. I think he's kind of made that decision a little bit when he responds to Chris about, well, will she die? And then he heads back up the steps. Like, I, think I think that's the moment he makes up his mind, yeah. Yeah, I think he's formulating a plan and hoping hoping that that'll work. But I don't, I think he, you know, he wasn't 100% sure if he could even do it. Well, he does because mm-hmm. the fucking demon takes over Karis, transfers out of Reagan into him. He looks out the open window and for a moment, demonic looking. We see him trying to finish the job, trying. He still looks like he's going to like towards Reagan. Right. 
but he's almost forcing himself to stop and he quickly changes back to Karis and screams no and facing the same fate as Burke Karis makes the leap of faith out the window possessed and takes a nasty looking tumble down the steps as we hear pretty much every bone breaking in his body like Mr. Glass mm-hmm Mother and Will from Homicide enter the room to find Reagan crying in the corner. Destruction all around the window area. Will looks out the window and at the bottom of the steps is Karis with a large mess of blood around his head. People start surrounding him. Police sirens on their way. Will stands in the middle of the room, horrified at what he's looking at. Out the window, Karis is dying. Next to him, Marin is dead. Mother and Reagan are holding each other, screaming and crying. What a hellhole this place is. Mm-hmm. Karis and- Yep. Karis, when he falls down the steps in that scene, there's words graffiti on the wall that say fight pigs on the left hand side. And a lot of people think it's a reference to a Bible story um, where uh, it's in the Gospel of Matthew in which Jesus exercises demons into a herd of pigs. So just like Karis has kind of exercised that demon into himself. Um, the pigs then run down a hill to their death, the same way Karis does down the steps. Damn. Sounds pretty accurate to me. Yeah. Karis, priest buddy who talked him in bed in the beginning of the movie, pushes through the crowd of onlookers. He approaches Karis' lifeless body and grabs his hand and says, if you'd like to make a confession. And this is so depressing. It's so horrible. Karis can't do anything. He just squeezes the guy's hand. Crying, Mm -hmm. the man asks Karis if he's sorry for having offended God and for all the sins of your past life. And Karis squeezes his hand again. His buddy says a prayer. And that's it. Karis is dead. Poor guy. Right. And that's probably that's like his absolution there because he he committed suicide. Right. So if you commit suicide, the, the right to believe that you can't get into heaven if you commit suicide, I think. Right. Is that the belief? So something like that. Yeah. But what if you do it to defeat a demon? Right. And and then I'll ask you too, Sean. OK, got this plan. Going to jump out the window, defeat the demon. Why doesn't the demon just go in? There's a whole group of people hanging now, out. Or the guy holding his hand. Go into another body. Yeah, yeah. I think they make this movie now and Dyer's holding his hand there. And then he turns to the camera and there's like a glint in his eye. <laughs> like Michael <laughs> Jackson in Thriller. Yeah, yeah that oh, it's not over yet, ladies. Yeah, and when gentlemen. he when he walks away with the dude to go to the movie, he turns around. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. We cut to maybe a few days or weeks later. The stairway is cleaned up. The house is being packed up. The family seems to be moving out. Mother tells the babysitter she's going to miss her. She asks if she'll change her mind. But this babysitter has spent this whole time looking into the eyes of hell. She has had it with this mm-hmm. family. The babysitter gives mother a pendant. She says she found it in Reagan's room, and it seems to be, again, that same pendant that I thought it yeah, was. Yeah, St. Joseph pendant, yep. Uh, that, that he was holding in the beginning of the movie. Uh, the women hug. Mother calls for Reagan. Outside the house is Kara's priest buddy who read him his last rites. He approaches mother. She says Reagan doesn't remember any of it. He says that's good. Mother introduces him to Reagan. Reagan sees he's a priest and grabs him and pulls him close, hugs him, and gives him a kiss on the cheek. I feel mm-hmm. like she, she, rem- I feel like she remembers ahead. something. I'm wondering, and and it's crazy. Good job. It's been a while's past, but she comes out. She looks older than she did in the beginning of the movie, and she's still healing. 
it's just boy they've really gone through something in this but you know i don't know how long the movie took to film but she looks and i don't know how they filmed it and in what order but in that scene she looks a lot older than she she does earlier in the movie it's crazy about with the about with the demon will do that to you i guess yeah i guess so Reagan runs off to the car. The family drives off. They stop the car. Mother calls the priest over and says, I thought you'd like to keep this and gives him the pendant that Marin had. He squeezes it, puts it back in her hand and says, why don't you keep it? Mm-hmm. Car drives off. Reagan waves. The priest walks off, walks past the window. Karis leapt out of, which is now boarded up. Got a final shot at the iconic staircase. Once again, the priest seems very sad to have lost his friend. Walks back to the front of the house and we see Will from Homicide. Mm-hmm. kinderman he tells him he just missed the family he asks about reagan the priest says she's fine will says that's important the men shake hands and walk off will stops him and asks if he'd like to go see a film with them the priest asks who's in it will tells him and just like Karis, the priest says i've seen it and smiles will rolls his eyes and says another one he asks the man if he's had any lunch the priest says no and the men walk off together and in our film the priest looks back like Michael Jackson in Thriller with the mm-hmm. morphed eyes. However, that's not what happens in this movie. The men walk off and then we get hit with, again, one of the most iconic themes in horror history, the exorcist theme, the end. Merry fucking Christmas, you filthy <sighs> animals. Holy moly. We Holy did it. Episode moly. 22. Happy anniversary. Merry mm-hmm. Christmas. Happy uh, Exorcist anniversary. Man, we did it. We did it. We did. I'm proud of us. I'm proud of us. Everybody that we would discuss the curse on this movie. Yes, go so, ahead. So there's even there's a cursed films show on um, Shudder, a series, not a show with, uh, about different things that happen on different movies. If, if you haven't seen it, check it out. Um but I'm going to run through bullet points of what people say, you know, in what way this this film is cursed. Um, so we get first, there's a major fire at the studio, cause, causes delay to production. Most of the sets were destroyed, except for the one that they used for Reagan when she was the possessed in, in the bedroom. Um, actor uh, Bax Vensido's brother passed away on the first day of principal photography. They brought a Jesuit priest on board to bless the set. Um, Burke and another uh, actor dies while uh, while the film was in post-production. So the kicker is both these characters died on the film themselves. Wow. Ellen Bernstein was injured in that scene when she's thrown to the ground. And those injuries bother her to this day. Messed up like her back or something like that. Um, Linda Blair was injured, which we mentioned earlier on the set. Um, the voice actor uh, that we talked about before uh, later suffered a horrific tragedy when her son killed his wife, kids, and then himself. Jeez. So we get, we certainly get people passing out. We get this. Wow. There were lawsuits against Warner Brothers. There were other incidents. Um there were lots of issues with movie theaters because they let kids in that were way too young to so see this. Funny. There was a major storm in Rome on the night of its Italian premiere. Wow. 
the real radiology team that was used for the scene when she goes through that the technician was later convicted of murder oh my god <laughs> um and that and there's a few other like random little things but listen you might be able to go through any film you have a certain amount of crew and after that film comes out or it's finished you start to add up things and be like oh man that's a lot of crazy things but I certainly think they probably leaned into people knowing about this because it just helps the mystique of the movie. When, when I was a kid, everybody was completely terrified to see this movie. And one of the things was like, everybody talked about, like they saw it like, Oh yeah, I saw the exorcist. Oh, the, yeah. With the, with the head yeah, spins around. Yeah, they know they didn't see the exorcist. Nobody, they didn't see it. They just acted like they did because when you talk to people who actually saw it, and they remember when they actually saw it. Um, I wish I had a memory of like the first time I saw it, you know, full. I, I think I was older, but I had certainly seen scenes and kind of tried to watch it too. When you're younger, um, there's a lot of talking in between a lot of this other stuff, which we all love now as adults, and it's building all these characters but the dinner party and all these types of things, probably not as entertaining to a little kid. Um, but yeah, this was like the dare movie. Like, did you see the exorcist? You didn't watch the exorcist. It's like did the Myers the house. Thing? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm going to say probably one of three or four most iconic horror films and, maybe if i was forced to make a list one of the top 10 most influential films just in general of all time it, just so many things were emulated even the we skimmed over it, but when there's like the help me thing that's like on her skin that's been used not on skin but in other places throughout all kinds of movies and and tv shows too so um it's definitely we want i'd love to hear other people's experiences with this this was a lot to go through with such a fine tooth comb. I know I missed a lot and I purposely left a lot of these notes. Dig into this movie. You can find a website that'll tell you what was when they put it on broadcast television and what the reaction to that was and how they promoted it and everything is very interesting to you. Um, there's a screenplay, like a cool screenplay version that was put out. Um, Suntup Editions, which is a book publisher that I love, and one of the point fives will go into it, um, has a really incredible version of The Exorcist. The 50th anniversary 4K that I got, they put out an incredible version that's like in a Bible and stuff. I didn't get that one, but this elaborate Whoa. set, um, the cover looks like it's a Bible and it has like purple sides and everything. So, um, but yeah, this was this was wild. Perfect okay? time of year to do this happy one year anniversary. We want to hear your thoughts on this movie on the socials at Id Madness Pod. Make sure you follow us. Make sure you comment. Make sure you interact with us. Let's talk about these movies. We're talking about it just me and Vertebrae, but we want to talk about it with you. Make sure you follow us on 
the YouTube channel. Subscribe, like, comment. Make sure you get five stars on everything. Hit us in the mail sack. Inmadnesspod at gmail.com. For our next episode, most likely we will be doing a point five, and Maybe we'll dip in the mail sack. I know that's what we did for the last point five. Maybe we'll do a little recap of Die Hard and The Exorcist since we didn't really oh, yeah. A, a chance to do that because there's some more gnarly bits from uh die hard that i would like to get out there that oh, i nice. knew that i didn't say in the thing oh. that really bothered it's been it kept me up at night for the last couple oh of days. no and you know i have one extra you always ask me did you get all your gnarly bits in did I you get all your nice bits in no not this time because it's the exorcist <laughs> so i do have a bonus wait, we were there's talking, more we were talking about the tv release so just really quickly Movies come out in the 70s. There's no VHS. People talk about what they think they saw on screen. Kids talk about it. um, And it didn't really happen. And a tall tale grows. So this comes out in 73. It's not on TV till 79. So there's six years of people building this up. I'm sure they did some re-releases in the theater, but maybe you only saw it once. And then six years later, it goes on broadcast TV. They edited it out. It's on CBS. And the rating for this. You ready for this? Mm. 57 million viewers. Whoa. Think about that number when they tell you how many people watch the Super Bowl now or how many people watch whatever show or what's considered a really good rating. 57 million people were like, and it came out in April um, of 79, were like, I have to watch this. And they and you got to watch it when it's on because if there were VCRs, not many people had them in 79. Mm-hmm. Oh, they were bootlegging the hell out of that, yeah. Yeah, very few people would have had a VCR at that time, I think, as those big top-loading VCRs. But 57 million people tuned in to see this. How many little kids were subjected to this even at home because you got one TV, and it's like, well, The Exorcist is on. This is what we're watching, kids. Traumatize <laughs> the world. <laughs> That's what we're trying to do here on Id Madness Pod. We are worldwide now. Uh, Vertebrae recently let me know that our podcast has been listened to all throughout the globe in places like Belgium and Singapore and Japan and France and Spain and Australia. Hello, world. Thank you for joining us for the one year anniversary of In Madness Pod. You got all your gnarly bits in? I did, and I, I never remember to do this, but I'm going to just say follow me at Vertebrae33 on all the socials. I have my own line of Vertebrae 33 t-shirts that you can buy at Hot Topic online and in all Hot Topic stores, any store you go into will have one or two of my shirts hanging up so check them out there uh send me a picture if you buy it let me know if you're wearing it we'll we'll post it on the socials as well and i appreciate everybody taking this ride for us thank you for listening to our first year we did one year of this podcast and we have plans to do more and i promise we will get to some of the films in this year that we've sort of been putting off a little bit as we got better at this and excited to take the year two journey with a lot of people thank you happy anniversary to you to this movie thank you for listening merry christmas and happy new year